Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the STEAM Forward podcast. As always, I'm your host, Savannah, and today our guest is Dr. Tanya Bryant. She has been a practicing pediatrician for over 25 years. She's been bestie, besties with Pastor Linda for over probably about 40 years, right? (laughs) And she's here today just to share her experience about being a pediatrician. She's also a researcher and she observes students. So please help me welcome Dr. Tanya. Thank you, Savannah. How you doing today? Really good. You're doing good. Are you enjoying very super hot Florida? You know, it's nice and warm. Oh, you like it? Like that, yeah. Okay, so give us some background. Where where do you live now? How did you meet Pastor Linda? Just kind of how... Are we at this moment in life now? Great question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I live in California and Ooh. yes, so I love the heat mm-hmm. um, that we have out here in Florida um, during this visit. I met Pastor Linda when we were in college um, mm-hmm. and uh, a little side story. Yeah. Uh, we both decided we were going to go ahead and get our ears pierced for the first time ever. Yeah on the same day and so we were nervous we were like oh my gosh this is a big deal yeah and so we just became friends ever since then we went in there got our ears pierced yes (laughs) helped each other pick out earrings and went back to study yeah wow and so what did you study when you were at the university of michigan Mm -hmm. pastor linda and i actually shared some of our courses she's an engineer as you know um by history and i was pre-med so we overlapped with some of our chemistry courses yeah so that was where we met primarily Mm -hmm. so how did you get into the field of pediatrics Pediatrics is the study of kids Mm -hmm. from birth, usually up to about 21. Mm -hmm. And I was really fascinated by some of the work I did in college as a volunteer, learning what kids do as they go about entering preschool, Mm -hmm. kindergarten, how they played, and how play is learning. Right. As part of my coursework at the university, I kind of tucked that in the back of my mind. I thought, you know, this is really interesting to me and yeah. would help me decide on pediatrics later on. Wow. So what concentration of pediatrics do you do? Like, mm-hmm. what would you, if we went to work with Dr. Tanya, what would we see you doing? You would see me working on preventative health care and mm-hmm. trying to keep kids very healthy. Um, we also, of course, will see kids when they're not feeling good, when yeah. they're sick, Um and make decisions if they need to go to the ER, if they need to go into the hospital. But the joy of seeing kids bounce back, getting yeah. healthy, is just the biggest reward. <laughs> right. And so I know you you have been observing some of the students at Gen 2050, just kind of in, in your visit. So what are some things that you have observed, have observed and what were you looking for through those observations mm-hmm. while they were in the Gen 2050 summer camp setting? Absolutely. Leadership, um, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that, and resilience, and determination, motivation, and just how learning in a group setting can just accelerate learning so much faster. So just really happy to see the program take off the way it is. It's an outstanding program. Wow. Thank you. Um, I want to ask, why do you think that students excel better if they work in groups? You know, there's this whole concept of peer um, mentorship Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, instruction, which we call didactic instruction. 
Um, but I feel like uh, teach you, you may remember, involve you, you will learn. And I feel that a hands-on mm-hmm. sometimes is so important as, you know, we go through hearing educational ideas, listening to educational ideas, but it's the doing in a group in terms of um, being able to work with computers, things yeah. like that. That makes learning stick. So like a collaborative learning environment exactly. is like the best example mm-hmm. that people could use. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if there was a viewer who was watching a student or even an adult and they're like, I want to get into the medical field, I want to work in pediatrics, what would be some tips you would give them? Stay young at heart. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And also bring your A-game early. Try and just stay in school, learn, and really try and remember learning is lifelong. It's not something that's going to end once you get into medical yeah. school. It's going to continue. Right. And so so you went to the University of Michigan. Did you also get your, um, your doctorate at the University of Michigan or did you go to another school? I decided to go to another school for my doctorate, mm-hmm. and I went to Meharry mm-hmm. Medical College, and that's in Tennessee. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a another different place to learn. Definitely. So I would just say to anyone listening who's thinking about um, that field of study, mm-hmm. be open to going to different places so that you can get your education. Right. So what is one thing, because obviously you've kind of lived life to a little longer than some than the students that you observe. What is something that you can say that through your observations has really taught you in your life? That learning is is not just what you see, um, but it's also what others um, see too. So learning is sort of a dialogue. It's mm-hmm. It's something that requires us to hear what the other person is saying yeah. and to include them mm-hmm. and to be um, open to their ideas so right. that true learning can occur. Right. I had a thought, and since you are a pediatrician, I feel like you're the most expert here to answer this question. So I have a really big, like, I don't like to say kids are bad, right? And so obviously behavior problems are behavior problems problems, but could you explain to people why kids aren't necessarily at the heart, mischievous, evil, bad children, right? Because people are like, that's a terrible kid. That's a bad kid. Uh, There are no terrible kids. Thank you. There are no bad kids. Yes. What there are are kids that are feeling certain emotions Mm -hmm. at certain times that need to be validated and understood. Yeah. I think a lot of times we as um, individuals want to try and solve a problem Mm -hmm. um, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's necessary, but other times we just need to listen and we need to be mindful that once someone explains where they're coming from, um, there's just a sense of relief in terms of being heard. And then once they feel that they've been heard, maybe there's a, a room for positive climate to build trust. And once yeah. trust is there, then maybe those issues aren't present anymore. Right. And so to be heard, what would maybe be some words you want to stay away from when you're trying to console or validate a student's feelings? Um, you probably want to stay away from the statement, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the person sits there and they're like, you have no right. idea 
what I mean. And they know that you have never walked exactly in their footsteps. No one's ever walked in anyone's exact footsteps. Mm -hmm. So I would be careful about using that word or Mm -hmm. that term. And um, instead, maybe nod your head or show some other ways of that you're hearing what they're saying. So maybe more like listening, less talking mm-hmm. is like the best way. Exactly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Learning from you. That's why I'm asking all these questions. Oh, no, you're <laughs> <actually> doing great. <laughs> okay, so what are you, this is what I meant to ask you. What are we working on now? What are we looking forward to? You know, I would say just continuing the journey, the life journey that I'm on, mm-hmm. which is... Um, Involving God and keeping him first, um, as I've done throughout Mm -hmm. my life or tried to do. But uh, other than that, um, just networking and really serving in whatever capacity I can to help the next generation get to um, the point of being a future leader. Yeah. So I guess what I guess before I ask you what the word of the day is, what do you think? parents should know or people around the world or watching this podcast should know is like the most pressing issue that we need to focus on when trying to help kids, students in their lives? I would say that family um, is one of the critical issues. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to expand and open our minds so that we don't think anymore of family as being just um, parent and child. Yeah. Um, but family can be um, uh, groups of people um, that share a common interest and a common goal. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember that there are good groups and there's groups that aren't so good. Yeah. Um, so we want to remember to share that, you know, we want to try and stay away from gang violence mm-hmm. and some of the other um, types of Um, vices out there that can make it harder for someone to get to the goals that they're trying to reach, um, particularly to enter into the world of pediatrics and to help other people. Um, So my thought is take that word family and realize that a non-traditional family is a group of people who are supporting you mm-hmm. and helping you get to your next goal, but in a good way. Yeah. And that's what I want the message to go out to others so that they can step up mm-hmm. in whatever form of work they're doing and mm-hmm. really teach that that they the person is not out there by themselves, that they're right. um, someone that is in a group of belonging. Yeah. So you see a lot of loneliness in kids. I do. And I think social media has a lot to do with it, Savannah. I think um, people have realized that um, the cell phone is almost like an extra hand or arm. And unfortunately, it takes up a lot and cuts back on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really think, I know people don't want to talk about the pan- pandemic, mm-hmm. but I do think that top of the phones you also had like two years where the kids were yes not socializing yes and then now mm-hmm. they're told to socialize and now they can't even like i don't know i guess public speaking i've really noticed has been more of a fear in students mm-hmm. than i have before the pandemic mm-hmm. so i think that the social media i think it's great i think it's mm-hmm. a great tool i think that um there's a dependency mm-hmm. that 
this is where I need my validation. This mm-hmm. is where I need my affirmation. Mm-hmm. I need to be like this person and I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, believing in yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, having that resiliency that you can be unique. You can go um, against the the typical norms. Yeah. Um, but you're still a person of value and yeah. you're still someone um, that is important Mm -hmm. um, and your views, your goals, your ideas need to be shared Mm -hmm. and heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like students see things so black and white. And why is that? Like they think that, oh, this person lives Mm -hmm. the most glamorous life ever. So they're just successful. They're rich. They have it together. And they think it's just this black and white thing. Mm -hmm. But what they don't see is like, hey, maybe that person is depressed or Mm -hmm. maybe that person had to struggle to get to mm-hmm. where they are, or maybe appearances are deceiving. Mm-hmm. So why do they view the world in such a black and white lens? Yeah, I think the reason for that has to do with um, development. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we know from a scientific standpoint that there's a an age of concrete operations, mm-hmm. and that's when people see things in black and white. Right. And that's just a stage of, of brain development. Right. And then basically after that, there is a move towards abstract reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called formal operations. And what we've learned um, in the scientific literature is that there's some adults that never get that. They never get there. And so they stay in the concrete mode. And so you have to reach people wherever they are yeah. and not be down on somebody if they can't see mm-hmm. what that other reason is. Um, so that's something to keep in mind um, because it's it's documented and scientific and so how do we how do we encourage the development towards abstract reasoning it starts out with good nutrition good rest Mm -hmm. um a little known fact is that um there's sphingomyelination of the brain which means that um you need a certain amount of fat in your diet up to the age of of two Mm -hmm. to help that brain development all those neurons for later on that's one of the reasons why we have vitamin D milk recommended because yeah. it has a little bit more fat in it up mm-hmm. to about the age of two. And then we can go ahead and start to reduce um, the amount of fat that's in the diet or in the milk. And um, that's an example yeah. of nutrition and importance and, and wellness down the road. But how much sleep should kids be getting? Nine to 10 hours. Nine, mm-hmm. This is why I tell them. Every day. Mm-hmm. They always say, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. So this. I'm like, but you went to bed at 3 a.m. Yeah. And what can the lack of sleep do create yeah. yesterday? Absolutely. Good question. It can create depression. It can yes. create anxiety. Mm-hmm. It can create nervousness, um, stress. Um, all of those things cause your body to react differently. Mm-hmm. So some people may become grumpy, irritable, um, lash out. Others may just become more withdrawn or maybe... Um, put on more additional weight or have mm-hmm. different issues um, that can lead to um, health risks down yeah. the road. The sleep is super important. You know, like, I'm really glad you brought that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. I've noticed kids. Uh, I don't even think when I was their age, I got nine to 10 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, but now that you're saying like, grumpy, oh, yeah. um, lack of concentration. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's all a balance. I mean, kids are going through changes, puberty, hormonal changes. So there's going to be mood swings just because of that. But sleep is a good um, equalizer. It allows the brain to rest and regenerate for the next day. And what would good nutrition look like? Good nutrition would look like a plate. Half of the plate is vegetables. Mm -hmm. And the upper top on the other part of the plate is a protein. Mm -hmm. um, the protein serving should maybe be the size of the of the palm of the hand of the person eating. And then um, as thick as the palm of the hand. And then the bottom portion on the right should be a grain. Um, and that should be a fistful or a handful. Mm -hmm. And that that's like a three... Three, three times a day meal mm -hmm. with two snacks, um, which should be vegetables, is usually the best way to go. And this is the best for students to be able to function at their best capacity. Absolutely, I definitely think that um, caffeine is out there. Soda pops, uh, we call it soda pops in California. Do you know how many kids I know that drink coffee? Yeah, I'm like, and what? those things can affect you if you're under eighteen yeah. for sure. It can affect your heart rhythms, things like that. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I think here in Miami, um, there's very Caribbean culture mm -hmm. and very, uh, very like um, South American culture. Cool. And so they like drink coffee since they were four years old. Wow. Yes. And so I'm not a Miami native. So when I met um, 12 year olds drinking Starbucks, yeah, I was honestly shocked. And then they told me, I've been drinking coffee since I was five. My grandma just gave it to me. Yeah. And I always kind of thought that that maybe wasn't like the best thing to do. But obviously, I'm not the expert. But now you're telling me that the kids should not probably be drinking coffee. Right. <laughs> Learning something new <laughs> today. Thank you, Dr. But, you know, when you get older. Yeah. It's there. It can affect <laughs> you. And I heard that my whole oh. life. And I think you don't really know until you know. And now that I'm 26, I'm like, ah, I see where the dieting yeah. habits now come into play in life. Yeah, good points, good yeah. points. Well, mm -hmm. Dr. Tanya, thank you so much for your knowledge and your expertise. Thank, thank you for you taking for the, the time out and joining us. Mm -hmm. So uh, we like to end the podcast with the word of the day. Mm -hmm. So if you could just sum up kind of um, your work in pediatrics and mm -hmm. um, kind of like to the point where you're at in your life now, what mm -hmm. would be that one word? I would say it would be inclusivity, mm -hmm. um, which means being aware that there are so many people that are the same as you, but also different than you, mm -hmm. and to be open-minded, to hear their points of views and um, move together um, in, a, in an area of compassion mm -hmm. um, in an area of understanding yeah that is the word of the day mm -hmm. I think the world is lacking a lot of compassion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're right but I think that the next generation and the generations before all had people in them that showed compassion at yeah. some point and if we can just continue to share that mm -hmm. just like you're mentioning that would be be amazing. It would make the world go round. You're <laughs> Well, thank you, Dr. Tanya. Thank you. I super appreciate it. I'm pretty sure I'll see you again. I Linda calls you my cousin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to close out the podcast by thanking our two sponsors, and that's Trinity Church and the Children's Trust. And don't forget that there are three ways in which you can listen or watch this podcast if you like to watch. 
Just follow us on YouTube. If you'd like to listen, just follow us on Apple or Spotify. Remember, this is the Steam Forward Podcast. See you next week. Thank you.